Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And be renewed, there's the exhortation, in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on, notice, you take something off and you put something on. It's very natural. At night you take off and you go to bed and you wake up and you put on. It's just very natural, isn't it? Well, the same thing spiritually. Put off the the old conduct, the old man. Let it go. Bury him. Let him be crucified. He is actually in Christ. But we practically got to do that. Notice, it's something that you have to do. God has done his job. Now it's your job to put off these things. And is it hard? You better believe it. It is not easy to put off these things. We know this because we sin. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ. As born-again believers in Christ and students of God's Word, we know that the Bible tells us that we are a new creation and the old man has passed away. Today on Truth in Christ, Pastor Rob teaches us from the book of James, chapter 1, that we must put aside all of our old actions, which once defiled us and separated us from God. Paul tells us in the book of Romans that we are not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. This is not an easy task in the Christian life because we still carry around the old nature and are living in this cursed world. Let's listen to Pastor Rob as he guides us through this lesson. You know, there are a lot of people who are good-natured but are not born again, and thus they're not a child of God, and thus they will not see heaven. Being a good person doesn't make you a Christian. There are a lot of really good people in hell because they have not given their heart to Christ and they are not children of God. That's what the Bible says. It says if you are not not one of His, if you are not a Christian, you are none of His. You are none of His. So one day you will stand before Him and say, "I, I, I never knew you. You did a lot of really great things. You know, is your righteousness... What is going to give you admittance into heaven? We know that that's not true. Are you better than some? Is it good enough to be better than some? You have to be perfect, as God in heaven is perfect. And that righteousness can only be given as a gift by Christ. You are imputed with that righteousness. It's given to you once you give your heart to Christ. You cannot earn it. It is something that you receive by faith through grace in Christ. Remember the parable of the sower and the seed. You know, where is your heart today? You know, are you the type of person who has a hard heart? The seed hits, but it just won't go through. Are you the person who has a shallow heart? You, you believe for a moment, and then something comes along, and you're off doing your old thing again. Do you have the crowded heart, where the cares and the concerns of life have overcrowded you, and you don't have time for Jesus? Or do you have the fruitful heart, which most of you, hopefully all of you, have? You know, it never ceases to amaze me how the mystery of that Because I've known people who have confessed Christ. They've gone through the prayer. They've gone through the thing. And and for all visible purposes, you'd say, yeah, they're born again. 
But something happens, and they're off doing their own thing again, and they never really were saved. Because they go back into their old ways, and there's no going back at that point. They just they go away. But I'm so glad that when I gave my heart to Christ, whatever it was, and I, I can't even take credit for what he prepared in my heart, but he gave me that seed in my heart, and I was wonderfully saved, and I never looked back. And it was just like a consuming fire. You know, if there's any doubt in your mind today about where the seed is falling on your heart, pray to God that he will give you this kind of fruitful heart. That the, root, the word of God would take root in your heart. It would germinate and plant and get seed. You know, the, the roots will go down. We're planting seed in our front yard and our grass. And it was great because I went out there and I was throwing seed down right on the edge of our uh, driveway. And it took a while. We had to water that thing and I had to rake in the, the seed. And before long, I see a little sprout, another little sprout. Wake up the next morning, there's a lot of little sprouts. Pretty soon I'm having to mow the thing. Right, But that, that's the idea. Much fruit. That seed that comes in, God wants to have a plentiful harvest. Your life overflowing with God's goodness to others. Isn't that really what it's all about? You are a, an ambassador of Christ. Let your life be fruitful for him. Notice in that verse, it also says, Lay aside all of these things. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. You know, it is the same word as the word put off. And we're going to be looking at some verses here. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, uh, Paul says this to the Ephesians. He goes, he goes see that you, put, or, or that you put off concerning the former conduct. That word put off is the same word that we have here in our verse, lay aside. It's the exact same thing. He says, you put off these things concerning your former conduct, the old man, this old nature which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed, there's the exhortation, in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on, notice, you take something off and you put something on. It's very natural. At night you take off and you go to bed and you wake up and you put on. It's just very natural, isn't it? Well, the same thing spiritually. Put off the, the old conduct, the old man, let it go. Bury him. Let him be crucified. He is actually in Christ. But we practically got to do that. Notice, it's something that you have to do. God has done his job. Now it's your job to put off these things. And is it hard? You better believe it. It is not easy to put off these things. We know this because we sin. There's not one of us in this room that hasn't sinned this week. Multiple times, including myself. Whether it be in thought, in deed, or in action, whatever it may be. But put it off. Concerning your former conduct, in verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That new man is none other than Christ Jesus. When we give our heart to him, he gives us this new robe of righteousness. Put on that new robe of righteousness and don't be defiled by the things of the world and the things that are around us. So many things around us defiling us. So many things that we allow in our homes, in our movies, in our entertainments, they defile us, and we gladly bring them into our home. Take a good look at your video library. We need to do the same thing. We don't have any rated R movies, certainly, but there's some PG-13 movies that ought to be thrown. There may be even some PG movies that need to be thrown, thrown out. Take a good look at these things. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, let me read it to you. He says, Then, if you were then raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things, on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God.
When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, here it is, put to death your members which are on the earth. Put to death this attitude, this propensity in your heart for fornication, for uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you also once walked when you lived in them. Notice, you once did this, but now you have put off those things, and you've put on those things. But notice verse 8. But now yourselves, now you yourselves, notice, it's a commandment. You do this. You put off all these things. Here we go. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do you have a filthy mouth? One of the first things, I've got things in my life that God, for some reason, has allowed to linger in my life. But when I first gave my heart to Christ, one of the first things that he took was my filthy, rotten mouth. Somebody looked at me one day and said, do you eat with that mouth? It's so filthy. You know, when I was a teenager, I mean, every foul thing came out of my mouth. But when I gave my heart to Christ, that's one thing that he just, I'm I'm not kidding. It was just like I woke up and everything was just cleaned away. The, and when the thoughts did come, and I was about to say them, he set the guard at my mouth before they came out. And I'm so glad for that. And, and you know, for you, it may be something different. But if you've got a, 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 a thing about that, really take, it, take a look at that. He says, put off these things. Do not lie to one another, verse 9. Since you have, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, whether there is neither Greek nor Jew, uncircumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free. But here it is, but Christ is all and in all. And I love verse 12. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on these things. Put on these things. Again, you have to do it. God has given the provision, but you, practically speaking, have to put these things on. Put on tender mercies. Kindness. Before you wake up and, and, and start your day, say, Lord, I need this. I need you to fill my heart with your spirit. I need your spirit to completely consume everything in my mind right now. And you order my steps, Lord. I want all my plans. I lay them at your feet. And Lord, the things that are really important today, you cause to happen. And the things that aren't, let me be rid of them. Have you ever had a to-do list that just drove you? Because we're going to talk about being doers of the word and, you know, when you get a list, if you're like me, I like to drive that list, man, and God help you if you get in my way. It's just the way it is, because I'm American. I want to be a successful American. So I'm going to drive that list, and if you get in my way, I'm going to step on you. Right? Hopefully I'm really not that way, and I think as time goes on, God is taking that away. But we do. We need to surrender these things. He says, put on these things, tender mercies, kindness, verse 12, humility, meekness, long-suffering, or patience, bearing with one another. Do you bear with one another, or are you just angry with one another? Are you angry with your spouse? Are you just putting up with them? Have they become more like just a a live-in person, or do you really love them? You know, where's, where's that relationship? Be patient. Bear with one another. Forgiving one another. Have you forgiven your spouse for what happened last week? Have you forgiven your spouse what happened three years ago, ten years ago? You're still holding on to it, holding a grudge, building up the anger, and pretty soon Vesuvius is going to spill. All it takes is one more thing that you say, and I'm just going to let you have it. Pow, right in the kisser, as my grandfather, my grandpa Kellogg would say. Forgive one another. 
so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I love that. Do that. Romans chapter 13, it says this. And do this. Notice, he's saying to the Romans, you do this. Knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off. There's our word again. Cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Have you put on the armor of light? Or are you just hoping that things will work out? Let us walk properly, verse 13, as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, nor in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Here it is, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Something we need to do. We look in our culture, everybody's just doing their own thing. They're just completely out there. It's a really disgusting place. But notice what James says here in this verse. He says, it is the implanted word. Who is this word? Actually, the word, when it says implanted word, what it literally means is the logos. The implanted word. The word, word, is logos. That's where, who we know Jesus is. Remember, it says in John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then down in verse 14 it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who is this Word? This Word is Jesus Christ, the very thought of God, the very representation of God. When you think of a logo, I think of something that represents something. When I'm driving along the highway and I see the golden arches, I know what I can expect when I go in there. That logo tells me something. Jesus ought to tell you something. When you see Him, He represents something. He represents the Father. Jesus said, If you've seen me and the Father, we are the same. Right, And you are born again because of the implanted word. And there ought to be fruit of it. Amen? You remember in John chapter 3, we're not going to go through this too much, but just to... Jesus was talking to a very religious man, Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was a, a Jew. And thought that because of his religion and the things that he did, he made himself right with God. And Jesus told him, he says, Nicodemus, you must be born again. This implanted word needs to be in you because you think that you're okay with God because of the things that you do. But you need a new nature. The old nature is is dead and it's decaying. You need a brand new nature. When Jesus says born again, it literally means born from above. The Holy Spirit of God taking residence in you, suppressing that old nature. The old nature is still there, but now you've got somebody who is more powerful. He's coming and he's going to suppress that old nature. And he's going to stick it under his feet. Have you let the Lord do that? If you are born again, that's, that's the reality. But sometimes we can take a foot off and let that old nature express itself a little bit. And God is going, oh, you can try that. Okay, see you in a week. <laughs> when you come on your face and repent of it and you've you're made a mess of things. Or maybe you have taken both feet. And let whatever it is just totally consume you again. Be very careful. 
If you've got the, the seed of God in you, the new birth, let him finish that work and take it very seriously, all the things that you do. In John chapter 14, verses 15 through 24, Jesus told his disciples on that night of the Last Supper, before he was to take, be taken and crucified, he says, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he says, uh, He is your helper, that he may abide with you forever. In verse 17 it says, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. You cannot receive the Spirit of God just by saying, I want to receive it, but no, no implication or no desire to know Christ. You have to know Christ. You have to be born again. You have to ask him, Lord, fill me. Forgive me for my sins. And then cleanse me. And Holy Spirit, come into my life, into my heart. If you do that, the Bible says, and if you mean it, you are born again. Anything short of that, you're not born again. You're not one of his. It's very simple, but yet very profound. And you can be a very good person. You could be a very religious person. But what Jesus says is, says, because it, is, it neither sees him, the world, it neither sees him nor knows him, the Holy Spirit, but you know him, and here it is, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And you can read the rest of that when you have time. But Jesus said, he is with you, but he is going to be in you, because we know that after this, not long after this, that very night, he would breathe on his disciples, actually in the, in the upper room, and, and he would breathe on them, and they would receive the Spirit of God. They would be born again. Until that point, they were just walking with Christ, with him. But he says the Spirit of God is going to come. He shall be in you. He will be in you. But verse 22, let's look at that. It says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. It's amazing that we have the ability to deceive ourselves. It's kind of scary, actually, to think that I can deceive myself. And we do it because we don't look into the Word of God. We don't look at our circumstances. We don't look at ourselves rightly. And we try to gloss over all the stuff that we know is true about us, but we're so willing to and eager to pick it out in somebody else, but reluctant to look at our own selves. But he says, Be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You know, if we are, if we are hearers only, we are not practicing what we preach. We become like those who say, do as I do and not as I say. Or do as I say, not as I do. Have you ever done that to a child? You know, if you're a smoker, if you're a smoker and you're born again and you're still struggling with that, you're not going to go to hell over that, okay? But if, you, if you're a smoker and you tell your son or daughter, listen, uh, don't smoke, and they're like, well, I see you doing it, right? The power of it comes when you say, you know what, I'm done with it. It's my last one. I'm done with it. Now they're going to go, that's good enough for me. You can say all the things you want, but until you do it yourself, parent, they are not going to follow. They're going to follow what they see you do. That's why it's so important to be doers of the word. And, you know, you think about all the things in the Bible. There's a lot of things in the Bible about us doing. But did you notice that the majority of it is about what God wants to do in your heart? It's not just a bunch of activity. He doesn't want a bunch of robots just to go out and do, do things for him. And, you, you know, it's so easy in, in the church especially to just be busy because busy is what we know. We're wired for busy. We can do busy because we are busy people. We can do whatever, you know, whatever God will want. We can do it. Just give me a list, and I'm going to go out and execute it. But you know that there's a part of the doing, being a doer of the word of God that is in here. He's like, no, I, you know, really what I, what I want first is just to have fellowship with you. I want, 
I want to do these things in you. I want to change your heart. I want to make you. I want, to, I want you to help you, put, help you put these things on and put off these other things. I want to spend time with you. I want to get to know you, Jesus says. And so often we can be more concerned about just doing our list and doing things for him and, and forsaking the intimacy, the devotion, the worship of Christ. If you're that kind of person today, it's not too late. You can start tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day, Monday. Actually, this week began today. Did you know that? Look on your calendar. Today's the, the beginning of the week. The first day of the week is Sunday. Look at your calendars. Start today. In Willie McDonald's devotional for September 14th, there's a paragraph I'd like to read. He says, Sometimes we come to some hard-hitting statements of the Lord Jesus concerning the terms of discipleship. If we feel they demand too much of us, we say, Jesus didn't mean what, that we should do it, but only that we should be willing to do it. And so we deceive ourselves that we are willing when we have no intention of ever doing it. Has it ever happened to you? Um, It's hard, isn't it? I do that a lot. Hopefully less and less as time goes on. Jesus said in uh, Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 46, He says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And you know the, the rest of the, of, the, of the event there. Build upon the rock. Don't be the fool who built his house on the sand and, and, and it's washed away. He says, why do you call me Lord, but you don't do the things that I say? If, if we love Jesus, we do love him. We ought to obey him. We ought to obey him. We ought to be not only obedient to his word, but what he speaks to us personally. In Matthew 7, verse 21, it says it again, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say in that day, Lord, we have, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That's pretty scary. That's pretty scary. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, Samuel is talking to Saul. And he said, it's better to obey than sacrifice. You can do all the right things. You can sacrifice and you can, you can throw glass on your back and walk on all your you know, hands and, and on your knees. And you can walk uphill in the rain and the slush and the glass and the nails to make yourself feel good. But God's just saying, will you just simply obey me? You can do all the sacrificial things, but if there's no obedience, all that stuff means nothing. My daughter proves that she loves me by being obedient. I prove my love for my mother when I'm obedient to her. And we prove our love for God when we are obedient to him. Let's seek to be obedient to him. So be careful that just our uh, the things that we do, they don't eclipse the things that we ought to do, being having spent time alone with Christ. How is your devotion time in the morning, your time in the Word? Let that be golden for you. Let that be the thing that you hold more dear than anything else. Get alone with God and turn off your cell phone. Turn it off. Put it in the other room because it's going to beep. It's going to buzz. If you have it on vibrate, it's going gonna, it's gonna to vibrate and you're going to look over at it. Put it in the other room. Give the Lord your heart and your attention We don't want to be like Martha in Luke chapter 10, 
Verse 38, it says, It happened as they went into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary. And we've, we've looked at this before. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format, free of charge, from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until this same time tomorrow, this has been Truth in Christ.